You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding Indeed you are. Alicia McCormack here, the host of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. Delighted that you are joining me for this themed episode about parents. Oh, that's the noise sometimes that comes out of my body when I think about parents and weddings. Because as much as they mean good and mean well, proper grammar here, there you go, if my if my dad was here now, he'd go, mean well, not mean good, they can sometimes come off, well, let's say in a nice way, they can be a little abrasive, a little opinionated, it can be hellish, let's be honest. Also, in the opposite way, they can be disinterested and not interested enough and not keen and not involved. We're dealing with extremes here, and that's often how it is with parents. They can be bloody amazing, or they can be really annoying, and you need to go off in a special room and have some deep breaths and just (sighs) calm down. And then we're also adding on here, adding on, that's what you're doing when you're doing aerobics and stuff. They say, are you ready to add on? Well, here you go. I'm going to add on another thought to this whole process, as well as your parents you're then adding on another set of parents, your partner's parents, to the situation. And that's not always easy, especially if you don't know them very well, especially if they potentially are jerks. I don't know. They could be. You've got nothing to do with that. Not your problem. Well, it sort of is. So there are lots of facets when it comes to planning a wedding, how to integrate your parents, your partner's parents into the situation. You may have people in your life that act like parents. Perhaps your parents are no longer around, but you're trying to work out how to, how to involve people that are Perhaps, for example, substitute parents, people whose parents are no longer here with us or people who don't have relationships with their actual mum and dad, people that are really meaningful and important in your life. It's how to involve everyone and keep everyone sane and non-mental. That is basically the whole episode summed up and I will thank two lovely listeners who actually wrote to me and asked me very specific parental wedding planning questions, D which I will get to your question in a minute, D, thank you. And also Sarah or Sarah, depending on where you are. Maybe you're in France. Again, awful French accent. Don't do it, Alicia. You both inspired me to really focus in on this topic because, to be honest, a lot of my questions I get are family-related. And more specifically, parent-related. Parents do cause a lot of shit when it comes to weddings. So I'm very excited to be bringing this episode to you. But before I do, a couple of things on my list that I wanted to have a chat with you about. One is this week I received a, a, a Viber message. I use Viber. I don't know. You might use WhatsApp, whatever. I, because a lot of my friends are in Australia, I'm in London, also I've got family in America as well, we all communicate via these free apps because, well, it's free and uh, we can send pictures and do lots of silly things and getting group messages and it's fun. But my lovely friend Claire really did make me think this week when she wrote back to me, also, we have to deal with weird time zones. I've got to be honest with you, I still, as much as Rich will say, hey, Australia's just... It's yesterday, but nine hours ahead or whatever. See, clearly, I haven't listened to anything he's been saying. And I know it's not that hard to figure out the time zone, but I still need to go to my phone and figure it out. And when I try and explain it to my dad, it gets even more confusing. Look, see, see what I mean? Parents, I'm back to it again. Anyway, I was vibering my friend Claire. We were having a message session. And then there was a bit of a delay. 
And she wrote back to me and basically said, so sorry for the delay, but Wade, her husband, and I have come up with a sort of solution. We're going to be more present and we've decided to do phones down at mealtimes when they're out walking with their dog and their little little baby girl and they're out pushing the stroller, pushing the pram. And when we are having focused one-on-one time, we're going to put our phones away. Now, that's not really groundbreaking or revolutionary, but the fact is that they have actually made that sort of pledge to each other and have said, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to put the phones down and actually have proper one-on-one time, not this weird one-on-one time where you're clutching a piece of technology and you're sort of listening, but you're not. That's what really hit me as to saying, let's actually spend the time, this sort of precious time we have with our loved ones, with our friends, and put the fucking phones away, excuse the swears, and actually have genuine time. I don't know about you, but in my family, well, actually, I'll tell a lie because I live with my dad for most of my life and we were often not eating dinner at the same time. But when it came to going to big family dinners, when especially with my grandparents, it was really important that we all sat at the table and we had a conversation and we all talked about our day and had a really raucous, great time. And that always stayed with me about the idea of focusing just for one time and the day and actually sharing what you've done and how your day has been. And I really feel personally quite guilty as to how I can sometimes conduct myself at home with Rich when I really love seeing him at the end of the day when we both come home from work. And I know I do my podcast. I'm not going to lie to you. I go to a day job in the day and I come home and I do the podcast on the at the night and on the weekends. And it can sometimes be a lot of work to sort of shuffle these various little parts of my life to keep it going. But I often think, ah, I've just got to do this thing. I come home, I've just got to write this email or I've just got to organize this guest and I get a bit flustered. I really love doing this so much, but it is sometimes like playing chess with your life, trying to figure out when you're going to do these certain things. And I can be a bit of a dick sometimes sitting in front of my computer or on my phone trying to figure out like, you know, on Twitter and Facebook and I don't pay the attention as I probably should to our relationship. And Rich is so understanding and supportive because he knows how much I love doing this. But receiving Claire's message made me realize that no one's going to die if I don't favorite their tweet or retweet their lovely praising tweets about the podcast within 32 seconds of them posting it. And this in turn made me think a lot about you and what you're doing at the moment, planning a wedding and trying to, I'm sure, shuffle as many things as I have going on in my life around. And sometimes we sort of lose track of where we're at, what we're doing. So I ask you, a little favor, and that is tonight, today, whenever you are next seeing your partner, pop your personal devices away. Just switch them off for the night, for the afternoon, for the Saturday morning, whenever you're spending this time with them, and really be present in the moment and have some genuine time with them without checking the phone, without checking what's coming up in sporting fixtures, men especially listening here. I'm sure there's thousands of men out there thinking about sport right now and listening to a wedding podcast. <laughs> so this is this is what I was thinking. If we could all sort of agree to do that, I really feel like when we check back again next week, 
it'll be good. It'll actually be one of those moments you go, oh, I had a genuine sort of experience and it didn't require a screen. There it is. I feel very strongly about that and I'm happy that I could share that with you and I hope that you take that on board and, and also um, give it a crack. Alrighties, on to the parental episode. Let's kick it off now. One of my favorite moments of the day is after work, I sit on the tube or the bus and I check my save the date podcast.com email account. And uh, some days there are lots of emails and I get quite buzzed. And especially reading this one today, it really resonated with me. Again, why I've sort of created a whole episode around these couple of emails from you. Dee wrote to me, hi, Alicia. I love your podcast. I've been enjoying listening while driving and doing my cardio in the gym. Oh, I love to hear another podcast listener at the gym. I look around, wonder who's listening to what. She says, I have a bit of a long question for you, which is fine. I love it. My boyfriend asked my father for permission a couple of weeks ago while at another wedding, and his proposal is in the works. I love this already because Dee is saying she knows she's going to be proposed to and I'm assuming the boyfriend has said something. Maybe the dad said something. I'll carry on. My father's response was, quote, yes, but wait to get married. We've been dating for a year and a half, and we're good friends for a year before that. My father is excited for us to be making the next step in the engagement, but thinks we should have a long engagement because he believes we don't really know each other that well. He thinks we should live together to get to know each other, but my boyfriend and I, as well as his parents, don't believe in living together before marriage. My boyfriend and I want to get married in six to ten months, but my parents want us to wait for another year and a half. Oh boy, oh boy, can I just say that? We're in the middle of our parents' wishes. My parents want us to live together, to get to know each other and have a long engagement. His parents want us to live separately until marriage and wants us to get married sooner. Oh, I'm stressed. We decided not to live together until marriage, but we don't know when we should plan the wedding. We want to respect our parents, but we are adults and can make our own decisions. I'm looking for some outside advice. What do you think we should do? D. Okay, I'm going to be hard with you here, D. I'm going to be straight with you because I think that's why you wrote to me. My gut feeling is, well, you need to, what's your gut feeling? I suppose the first question is, you seem to be doing all of these things because these other people, these elders, which we respect clearly, are saying, I think you should do this, but you should do this, but I should do this, blah, 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 blah. It's all this sort of static, this noise. And my feeling is, these people have raised you clearly have raised you to be a great person who respects them. I always say, for me, whenever I was in trouble as a kid or a teen, it wasn't when I, I, well, the big thing for me was when my dad said, I'm really disappointed in you. You know, it would just break your heart. It's not like, you've done a bad thing or whatever. It was when he said he was disappointed. So clearly, Dee, from reading the tone in your email, you don't want to let these people down. And I think when we cast away all of the details, all of the opinions, really when it comes down to it, it's about you doing what you want to do. When you come together with another person, it's about creating a new family with your values that you bring in, your partner's values and morals and traditions and trying to combine them to make something for you. It's what your parents did. It's what your partner's parents did. And when it comes to opinions and judgments, clearly both sets of parents have their own ideas about what they 
think you should be doing. But as you said in the second last sentence of the letter, you are both adults. And for me, this could just turn into a big steaming pile of shit with you trying to decide which parents to please. And trust me, you will not please both of them because they both seem to have very different ideas about what you should do. Now, when it comes down to if you're getting married too quickly, only you can decide that, D. I see you as someone who has a strong moral standing point. You're not living together before marriage. I don't know if that's related to a religious affiliation or you just don't feel comfortable with it. That's cool. Completely your decision. But also, you've got that feeling in your heart. You'll know what's right to do. What does marriage mean for you? What does commitment mean for you? Again, your parents, I don't know, your parents might have been dating for years and years. its I always think it's interesting when you go back and you say to your parents, so how long were you going out together? Did you live together? Did you have sex before marriage? A lot of the time, they broke all of these rules that they're trying to instill on you. They are double standards. Parents, we must all remember, parents have double standards. Parents did all the shit that we did when we were in high school and we were at school, no matter what their religion or, uh, you know, affiliations with morals are. A lot of the time, parents just want the best for you, so they don't want you to make mistakes or not mistakes or have experiences that they think might be risque or a bit of a challenge for you. So from that perspective, I think, D. You need to decide when it's right for you to get married. It's lovely that your dad cares that much about you to have that opinion, but also he needs to trust the judgment of you as an adult. He needs to trust that he has raised a strong, independent woman who can make her own decisions. And if your decision is you would like to get married in six to ten months, which you said a couple of times in that letter, so I'm feeling like that's exactly what you want to do, then you need to say that to your parents. Thank you so much for your opinion and caring about me and raising me. And I will take that on board, but I would really like to marry this lovely person that has proposed to me soon, I hear. And we want to get our life started. We want to move in together. We want to start this adventure. We know we're ready. That's how you have to focus on that. Now, again, you are, like I said in the intro to this podcast episode, one of the pleasures and pains of planning a wedding is also integrating your existence, your opinions with this other group of people who sometimes they have different ideas about how things work. This is what families, this is what sort of sitcoms have been written about for years. Family comedy movies, the Griswolds, all this stuff is based upon bringing people together that wouldn't necessarily be together in real life normally, but you fall in love with this member of their family and therefore you have to come together and try and make it work even for but just one day. Even for but? Yes. I just said that and I've repeated it again. So here's the thing. D, I think you either need to sit down with both sets of parents and have a frank and honest discussion. Get it out in the open. Be bloody bold and sassy and sit there and say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Anyone wants to air some grievances now? Let's do it. And that might sound really confronting, but I will guarantee you that by making them sit in a room together with you and your partner and being honest and bloody ballsy enough to say that, they can all get their opinions out and about in one go. You can settle any indifferences if they want to yell, if they want to say what they think it's wrong. Fine, say it out loud. 
the, what the annoying thing I think is when there's this niggling little opinions that are being said to you independently when your partner's not there, when it becomes manipulative, when you are getting opinions that you don't ask for. This is when it starts to give people the shits and this is when families have fights and break down. So from any perspective, whether you are D or whether you are listening to this thinking, yeah, I'm not communicating clearly with parents and in-laws, the quickest and easiest way to solve any problem, and perhaps, yes, it can be incredibly uncomfortable, is to sit them down and be honest. And to be honest, I'm saying it now, it can really suck. Telling the truth can really suck. We spend a lot of our lives telling little white lies, and not on purpose, not to hurt people's feelings. It's the opposite, to make people feel better. You don't want to let people down, so you tell them a little lie. You say, well, I don't really you know, agree with your opinion, but I'll say I do because it's easier than saying I don't. Every day we do it because it's the social graces. It's how we're raised. These people that you are worried about right now have raised you to be a polite, courteous woman and Unfortunately for us, being polite and courteous also means sort of telling lies to keep people happy. There it is. That's probably a little deep for your answer there, Dee, but I truly believe that you need to take the power back, as Rage Against the Machine says, and decide what's best for you because what you're doing now is creating a new family. Yeah, you'll be still having your wonderful separate families as well coming together, but This is the beginning of a big thing for you, a big new stage in your life. And you really want it kicked off in the right fashion. You don't want to be kicking off this relationship, planning this wedding and feeling obliged to be following the paths that other people are advising you on. Yeah, it's lovely to have support. Yes, it's wonderful to have a solid family unit that care about you, but it is also very important for you to be independent and strong. There it is. I wish you all the best, Dee, and uh, please keep in touch with me. I'm sure we'll be you'll be listening to more podcasts as it sounds like you are only very nearly newly engaged, I'm guessing, from the way I read that letter. So good luck with that. But remember, the foundations of all of these relationships happen now, and you can decide which way you want to guide these relationships by how you deal with them initially. It's very hard to go back and change things five years down the track. So if you stand up for it now, you figure out where you want to be, it's all the better. Certainly is absolutely free. You can download it for free. You can download the book at savethedatepodcast.com. Absolutely free. The Save the Date Guide to Getting Hitched was a book that I wrote after planning our wedding. It's sort of the companion piece to the podcast, and it's 155 pages of wedding planning goodness. The good thing about this copy as well, it's been out being sold as a physical book in the shops. uh, In the shops. Do people still go to shops anymore? Apparently they do. But the copy that you'll be receiving absolutely free is a PDF version. So it means if you are reading the book on a smartphone, on a an iPad or an Android device, perhaps you've got a Kindle, you can click on all of the active links within the book and go to the websites that I recommend. So it's pretty good if you are um, wanting to expand and not have to go and read a book and then physically go and type in the web address because snores, who can be bothered doing that anymore? We're all technological geniuses. 
So I am talking about parentals, the parental units and their involvement in your wedding planning. It can be really tricky. As I said, I was inspired by two emails that I received from listeners. And the second one, it really um, super touched me because I think when you, I think you're going to listen and go, absolutely, I relate to this 100%. It's from Sarah and she says, Hi, Alicia, thank you for being the sane voice of the wedding world. I discovered your podcast right after my fiancé and I picked a date a few months ago and I started freaking out about having a wedding to plan. I love listening to your podcast on my walk to work. You are such a bright and happy way to start my mornings. That is delicious. Thank you so much, Sarah. Sarah says, I've listened to several weeks worth of podcasts, so I'm not sure if you've covered the topic of family members with mental illnesses. No, I have not, Sarah. So thank you very much. My dad has severe dementia, which can severely hamper his ability to understand what's happening around him. His ability to communicate with others and even his ability to travel from point A to point B. His situation is what it is and we love him very much despite these challenges. My mum has become a wonderful caretaker and I am so proud of her patience and love and how well she handles every situation. I want to include both of my parents in the wedding as much as possible especially as I'm the only daughter and their oldest child. However, I don't want to add any more stress to their day, as things that are different can be very confusing for my dad. My little brother is going to be serving uh, as the dude of honour. Oh my God, I love that so much. And I'm thinking of having him escort me down the aisle, but I don't want to hurt my parents' feelings. I also want to make sure that my fiancé's family isn't rude to my parents because they don't understand the situation. His family is very traditional, although he and I are not at all traditional, and I can foresee a potentially ugly situation if my dad doesn't walk me down the aisle or give a speech. Help! Thank you so much for reading my email. Keep up the wonderful work. Oh, Sarah, I honestly still, when I first read this, I just got this big lump in my chest because I... I totally feel where you're coming from and I thank you so much for coming to me and sharing this with me and allowing me to share this with my listeners, you out there, because I know every family deals with their own mental illness, healthcare issues, people having highs and lows, depression is something that is rife in our society and I know we all know someone that is going through hard times and especially when it comes to the health and welfare of your parents, it's really tricky. We've had lots of emails from people who have had parents that have passed away and are really struggling with how to include them in their in their wedding planning. But your honesty and openness really touched me and also it frustrated me that you feel that your partner's family might not understand now, let's break it down. You, as I've said to Dee in the segment before, is you have to do exactly what's right for you and your family. Now, only you know how your parents and especially your dad may react when it comes to the wedding day. Now, I have friends, um, I have a couple of friends who have parents in similar situations and I know every day is different, especially when it comes to dementia 
It can be a great day where people are completely compassmentous and they're with it and they know where they are and they know how to react and they socially are great. And then other days are not so good. Other days they don't want to leave the house. Other days it's really hard for their partners, their carers to work the situation. I know it's a completely unique situation to everyone that is going through this. It's not always easy to talk about. A lot of people don't understand it. And you need to figure out what's going to work for you and your mum, especially on your wedding day. What's going to make it as easy and as memorable without being memorable in a way that's negative, in the sense of saying, if you know deep down your dad's not going to be able to cope with standing up and giving a speech, then don't don't do it. Don't ask that of him don't place that stress on either of you or your family. When I read your comments about your in-laws initially, I felt quite angry. I thought, we well, you know, damn them. Damn them for not being understanding. But to be honest, one of the areas, especially I think with mental illness, with dementia, with Alzheimer's, these this sort of broad area, people are really scared of it and they shouldn't be. Until you've been in touch and been in contact with someone that is suffering, or dare I say better, coping with one of these situations it can be really confronting so it as well my heart says as I said I feel angry but my heart says that you need to be open about how your dad is going and I'm sure if they are good people tradition or not that they will understand when you sort of say listen my dad may look great he might look like he's totally with it or coping but he has days that are not great and I really don't want to add extra pressure and stress to our family, our side of the family, and therefore, because you're all coming together and being together, your side of the family, we would really like my brother, again, this has got nothing to do with him, this is completely your decision, but you might say, so I'm going to ask my brother to walk me down the aisle. When it comes to not wanting to hurt your parents' feelings, I think one thing you could do is to say the three of you walk down the aisle together, your brother, you and your dad. Now, I I don't really believe, as you've probably heard me say, I'm not really into the patriarchal giving away thing. I Now, I am a hypocrite because my grandfather and dad walked in with me. I don't say walk me down the aisle, gave me away. I was just so proud to have these two men in my life that I love so much together. My poppy is 94 years old. I was delighted to be walked into the ceremony together but there was no sort of handing over or anything like that so yes again before someone writes to me and says Alicia you did it that's not the case but I think it might be a nice solution to have the three of you walk in and if on the day your dad's not feeling well that's cool he doesn't have to do it I think you need to be prepared to be flexible on the day perhaps by saying look if your dad's in a cracking mood and he's really ready to go yes great have him walk you down the aisle or if he's not feeling well at all then just have your brother your dude of honor which I think is wonderful do that for you I think you just need to be open and listen to what's going on inside of you and really make that a priority for you I know when people are in caring situations, when they have family members that are unwell, sometimes you can put what you feel, what's important for you on the back burner. That means you're a good person. This is not a, this is not me having a go at you, but I know I've done it before. Sometimes you can be so focused on helping someone else that you're not really helping yourself. So Sarah, you are a wonderful person. 
I absolutely admire your tenacity and honesty with sharing your situation with me. And I really want to hear more. I would love you to share more of this story because I know mental illness, as I said, is something, especially when it comes to family, a lot of people hold it in. They don't want to talk about it. And in society, you can say, I have cancer. And people will go, oh, that's so sad. Are you okay? But if you say, oh, I have, I've suffered from bipolar or I have depression, people will you know, retreat. We don't accept that mental illness and all of these various stages, as I said, dementia and Alzheimer's and uh, various other neurological disorders, this is actually a part of life. I reckon there's a lot of people listening right now that either have suffered or are suffering themselves or know people close by to them. We shouldn't be recoiling. We should be able to be honest and open about this. And you'd be surprised, perhaps in your in-laws family, maybe they have situations going on that you don't know about. Maybe it is takes this sort of moment for you to be bold and open and share this stuff with them and get them to be on the same page as you. Maybe they'll be open about things that they understand or have suffered or know people that is going through similar situations. So I think you are a bold and wonderful woman, Sarah, and I thank you so much for sharing that with me and giving me the opportunity to talk about this on the show because, as we all know, this show isn't just about wedding planning. It's sort of about family and relationships and life and how to get your shit in order <laughs> and and live in a life that you go, yeah, I'm living, I'm being honest, I'm being open. Some, I remember my flatmate, I was, this is a long time ago. He said to me, you're too honest, Alicia. I don't want to hear all this. And it was like, I've been kicked in the guts. I remember him sort of saying, you shouldn't be telling me all these details. Now, perhaps I was going through a situation in my life where I, you know, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was probably too much information girl in the sense of sharing my feelings with this person that I didn't know too much. Fine. But also, he wasn't comfortable with me saying, oh, I'm not really coping very well. I feel a bit depressed. I feel a bit down. I'm not necessarily, you know, this sort of sassy, independent person you hear right now. And it was interesting, this guy's response, who was a lovely friend, but he could not cope with me being open and honest about feeling depressed. And that really sort of upset me because I thought, well, you're a friend. I thought you were here to listen and help me. And in the end, I got a bit of a brick wall. So I think there are some people that cope and other people that don't. Uh, but until we are open and out there and honest about how we feel and our personal situations, we can't make a change and get people on board. So yeah, this is, I'm stoked that I've been able to share this with you today, especially when it comes to parents. Parents are people that we think are indestructible. They're always going to be around. They're always going to be people to help us and make decisions, especially when you think about weddings. I know I started the show sort of bitching and bemoaning parents, especially when it comes to in-laws, meeting new people with different ideas about what they want you to do, what's important, as we heard from Dee's letter, both parents are saying, no, 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 this is what you should be doing. This is what I would do. Deep down, 90%, maybe 70% of parents' opinions are, they would say, because they want the best for you. 
parents have strange ways of doing things, strange underlying <laughs> agendas <laughs> is what I would call it, that they don't always communicate why they believe this issue or why they want you to act this way. But they, in their minds, if you sort of said to them, let's deconstruct this opinion. Why is it that you don't want me to get married early? Oh, it's because we don't think you are grown up enough or we don't think you have thought through this relationship or we don't really like your fiance. Who knows the underlying reasons why some parents have quite strong opinions about, you know, what they want you to do. It's up to you what you decide to tackle and what's best to just let them talk it out, let them say what they want to say, and then hopefully they'll be quiet and move on. That's always another solution. Can I just say, let them say their piece, say, good, thank you, and then pretend it didn't happen and move on. That's also an option. I'm not saying that I haven't done that before. Who have I done that? I will be speaking to you again very soon. Of course, there is so much more to say about parents, but I really just wanted to bring you those two very special emails that I received this week because I thought they were sort of connected in a way to situations that are perhaps unique to these wonderful listeners, but also really, I'm sure, connects with a lot of you out there listening now. If you have a question or a theme that you would like me to cover on the Save the Date Wedding podcast, just send me an email. You can email me directly at Alicia, which is A-L-E-I-S-H-A, at savethedatepodcast.com. Or if you can't remember that, you can just go to savethedatepodcast.com, find the little connect button, hit it, write to me via there. You can tweet me or Facebook me. I mean, you're on there all the time anyway. You should definitely like the Save the Date Wedding Podcast Facebook page and send me a message or post something on the wall, whichever way you want to do it through there. I'm really loving the Facebook page at the moment. I'm loving it sick, as we would say in Australia, because I'm updating a lot of my videos. I'm doing a lot of video content, putting some extra stuff up there specifically for my Facebook uh, friends, I would call us. We're all friends get together. Also, I see it as a bit of a curated page. I follow so many different wedding blogs and I try and find the best of that content and put it all up on my Facebook page I share. So if you have limited time, then perhaps follow me, see what I post. I post the best of the best. Sounds a bit on myself, but I try very hard to try and curate and get some really good, fun information. And also, I love all the hacks, the life hacks and DIY stuff, ways to save you money and, like I say, save you sanity when it comes to planning your wedding. Until next week, till Thursday, on another Q&A episode, I wish you luck with your parental issues. Maybe you have no issues. Good. Well done, you. But I wish you luck with your parental relationships when it comes to planning your wedding. And as always, happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.